What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. On today's show, we have Dr. Rachel Heller, our newest physical therapist here at Made to Move. Rachel shares her background story that led her to pursue physical therapy. We talk about her love for yoga, her philosophy of yoga, her passion of getting people to feel strong and to move more, and how she came to find Made to Move. Rachel is our lead physical therapist at our downtown location, located at Ethos Athletic Club, and we are extremely excited to have Dr. Rachel Heller on the Made to Move team. She's an amazing clinician, an empowering coach, a great listener. She's super passionate about what she does, and she's an awesome friend to have by your side. Everyone, please welcome Dr. Rachel Heller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston podcast. I am very excited for today's episode. I am introducing Dr. Rachel Heller, our newest addition to the Made to Move team. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, Hannah. Hey. (laughs) So it's funny because you usually listen to this podcast, and now, what is it? Like, not, oh, how the turntables. How the turntables turn. the turntables turn. Now, are you going to listen to this podcast? Have you on it? I'm probably not going to listen to this one. I would advise not. Yeah. I don't love the sound of my voice when I listen to it, yeah. but as the biggest fan of Healthy Charleston podcast, it's uh, really great to be here. Today. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are the biggest fan. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan. I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> so I wanted to start with getting a little bit more of your background. So I know you're a physical therapist. Obviously, you work for Made to Move. But what's the story that led you to be a, being a physical therapist? And then we'll go from that to how you ended up in Made to Move. Cool. Um, okay, where did it all begin? Um, it probably started in high school when I did crew. So I was a rower. And I used to play basketball, and I felt like basketball was my sport. And then um, I joined a high school team, and I got benched, which was really uh, disappointing. <laughs> I had trained for years to be on the team, and then, like, not being able to play was just, like, such a bummer. So, um, I tried rowing, which was unique at my school. Um, I ended up being, like, pretty good at it, so I stopped playing basketball and continued to row. You got off the bench? I got off the bench and in the boat. (laughs) Um, From bench to boat. From bench to boat. 
And so I continued rowing my sophomore year, um, first race of the fall. So crew is kind of like cross country and track. So fall races mm-hmm. are 4,000 meters. Spring races are 2,000 meters. Oh, no. Yeah. This is in high school you all have this? High school. Where did you go to high school? Um, Mount St. Joseph Academy. I'm like, Flower you don't have Town. to tell me. <laughs> Flower Town? Flower Town. Do you have like a bunch of bodies of water around? Uh, no, we rode on the Schuylkill. The what? Schuylkill River. Dirty, nasty, but... I've just never heard of high schools. I'm also from the South. Like, nobody yeah. has crew teams. Right. It's definitely not as common down here. Yeah. It was like all the rage up north. All the And rage. still is. It's oh. really popular. Okay. Um, so first race of the fall season, I got put in the lightweight eight boat, which was my like dream boat. And as a sophomore, it was like pretty rare that sophomores got in that boat. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. And I was bow seat and we're, we're, we are like rowing. We're 3000 meters in and then my fingers start to go numb. Um, both hands, my forearms got really, really tight. Um, it was extremely painful. I started like losing grip of the oar. I didn't think I would be able to finish the race. I was honestly hardly pulling by the end. I was just mm-hmm. trying to hold on. Um, and then we crossed the finish line and my teammate turned around and gave me a high five and I couldn't even lift my arms. Um, so I couldn't carry the boat back and I had to tell my coach that I like, I don't know what happened, but like my arms like stopped working. I think that's what I told him. And so that was my last race of the fall. Um, he had to replace me with another girl and I went to a few doctors to see like what was going on. Um, they told me that I had compartment syndrome but they wanted to test for it to make sure that it was compartment syndrome. And so I went to the University of Pennsylvania um, sports medicine doc and they put 27 needles in my forearms, really long, like oh, very no. long. Um, it was extremely painful. My mom was with me and like I was crying, she was crying. Like I've never experienced pain like that. Um, yeah, they do this crazy test to, to test the pressures in, yeah. um, in your muscle. And so uh, the test was kind of like inconclusive because they put the needles in your arms and then you have to do an activity um, to like exacerbate the muscles. But it, like I was already in so much pain from the needles that like any activity hurt. So I couldn't really do much. And then they put more more needles in your arms. Anyway, um, they were like, you have compartment syndrome, so you have to get surgery. Oh, jeez. Um, but it was exertional, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I wanted to row again. Yeah. So because I wanted to row again, they suggested I get surgery. And then I was like, is there any other option? Because um, there was a 50% chance that the surgery would work. And word for word, um, the doc told me, you can either row again, um, or sorry, you can stop rowing, or you can keep rowing and potentially never hold your children when you're older. Oh my god, that escalated so quickly. So quickly. And I was uh, 14. And I'm like, I'm never going to hold my kids. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about that, but it's still scary to think about. Um, But, like, crew was so important to me. I was like, I'm not getting surgery. So, like, last resort, I went to physical therapy. Had never been, never heard of it, didn't know what it was. And so, um, my physical therapist's name was Cheryl. Mm. Cheryl was amazing. She, like, listened to me, like, my goals, and she never once said that I was not going to row again. She told me straight up, she was like, this is going to be a really hard process. Um, Like, you won't be pain-free, but 
I feel confident that we can get you back to your sport. And that was really all I wanted to hear. Like someone on my side. Um, and so since then, I worked really, really hard. I did my exercises all the time. Oh my God, I bet you were the best patient. I was the best patient. Um, I did a lot of like lower body conditioning since I tried not to use my arms as much as possible. Like during practice, I just wanted to stay like physically fit yeah. so that come springtime, I could pick up right where I left off. Um, so I continued with crew. Um, it was definitely like a bumpy road, but, um, my dream was to run in college, but I could not endure four more years of pain like that. So I did end up making it to my senior year and then we won like the largest high school regatta, which was the best day of my life. Um, my wedding day probably won't top that because it was the best day ever. Yeah. Sorry, future husband. (laughs) Sorry, future husband. Um, but yeah, like, and then since then, like I knew that I wanted to, pursue PT, um, to kind of be that person for someone else. Like there, you like, you can get back to your sport and, and there's other ways and you don't always have to like go like the, the, the surgery route. Like, I don't even know where I'd be if I ended up getting like two fasciotomies. Mm. That'd be crazy. Okay. I have a few questions. So this was the first race of the fall, right? Yeah. Had you rode 4,000 meters before? No. Uh, we had, I had on the erg. On the ergometer, mm-hmm. but not on the water. Okay. This is the first time rowing 4,000 meters on the water. But we had lots of practices, like training sessions on the water, um, and we would do like 20-minute pieces, mm-hmm. uh, like three of them. So okay. like volume-wise, I, I was ready for it, um, but I don't know what it was about. So this was day. the first time you had ever felt this pain before? Yeah. And I also have another question. How long does it take to row 4,000 meters in the water? I honestly don't even remember. 2,000 took us around, like, I mean, it also depended on the current and the wind. Oh, yes, of course. But um, usually around probably like six, seven minutes for 2,000 meters. So So longer than a typical, oh, no, it was 2,000. Oh, shorter. Shorter than what we were doing on the water, but more intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like a 2000 meter row in like on the erg, yeah. right? Is probably six to eight, six to nine, six to 10, depending on like how fit you are. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to see how close they were. Um, but a 4000 meter row sounds absolutely miserable. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Um, we didn't do like 4000 meter rows. Well, actually we did. We did. We did. We did them on the erg, but like yeah. it was obviously better to do it in a boat with a team yeah um, having someone in front of you like to pull for and like mm. people cheering like it was a lot better so lot you had never felt this before and then how did it feel like so you went to PT mm-hmm. Cheryl amazing and then but you still weren't pain-free like what did that look like for the rest of the season or I guess the rest of your rowing career yeah so after that I started having pain with like writing um straightening my hair I had mm-hmm. pain um, and so it, it, it started with crew, but then it started to affect like my daily life, like school and getting ready for things. Um, and I would, I tried like every remedy possible. Um, my PT would like scrape my mm-hmm. arms, like until they were bruised. Um, I took a lot of like Advil, Icy Hot, any type mm-hmm. of creams, I would mm-hmm. use them. Um, and I did... PT like all the time 
And then because I was injured and not able to do the workouts that my team members were doing, it did make me feel like I needed to work harder to stay in shape, to stay on on their level, to stay competitive. Um, So it definitely turned into like me being a little obsessive about my workouts and, and like wanting to remain the best Mm -hmm. because I was like at the top and then I got injured and got put at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like my identity, like I had finally found something that I was good at and then it got taken away from me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that turned into like me going on runs around the track before school started lunchtime. I was doing PT before practice. I would go on another run during practice. I would sit in the, uh, launch just like a boat that would, Uh, like with my coach watching my team row during practice Um, and then after practice I would work out again and did this every day oh my gosh yeah it was it was a lot yeah it was too much yeah you were like you were just trying so hard to to continue to quote unquote like stay fit or stay the best yeah did it work um I mean I Part of it was because I was trying to stay under 130 pounds because I wanted to be in the lightweight eight boat. Oh. So that's why, that's where the obsession Mm. kind of came from. Um, Once I was able to to row again, um, I realized that I would be much healthier if I just focused on rowing instead of being in in a specific boat. So then my senior year... I decided I didn't want to stay under 130. Like, I knew that naturally I couldn't do it. Um, It was too challenging. I had too much going on with, like, school, potentially maybe rowing in college. Like, at that point, I still had hopes to do that. Um, So once I stopped focusing on the weight and just focused on being the best rower that I could be, um, I became much happier. Mm. Um, And then my boat, it was called the 2V, so you had the 1V, which was, like, all the best girls. 2V, which was, like, if you were a senior and you weren't good enough to be in the 1V, you were just automatically in the 2V. Okay. Um, and if you weren't under 130, you were also in the 2V. So it was kind of like... we you just have to be under 130? To be in the lightweight 8. What do you mean lightweight 8? Um, this is, like, foreign to me, guys. <laughs> and also, if you're in Charleston, you're probably like, what? They're like, what is crew? Yeah. But, so the lightweight 8 is a boat... Um, made up of, like, all the boats have eight girls. Uh-huh. Um, lightweight eight, you have to be under 130 pounds to be in that boat. It's like wrestling. What? Oh. But just just for that category of racing. So it's like a weight class. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. It, yeah, I yeah. see. So why was that your dream, to be in the lightweight eight? Um, because that boat was notorious for winning, and they were really good. Okay. So it wasn't, win. the dream wasn't to be... 130 or below the dream was because those girls were winning yeah like your school's team was known to win yeah because I'm like with weight classes like you typically just view them as weight classes not necessarily like oh this one's better if I can be in that one it's better it's like first there are some reasons that it's advantageous you know if you're 161 and it being in the 150 nine helps Mm -hmm. but I wasn't sure the way that it worked with crew or like how you felt about it yeah well it was like I knew I wasn't good enough to be in the 1b and the 2b was quote-unquote like all the all the leftover girls who weren't good enough to be in the 1b and weren't light enough to be in the lightweight eight 
So oh. they were just in the 2B. So because I wanted to be competitive, yeah. I was like, my only chance is to be in, in the lightweight eight. Okay. And senior year, I said, nah. Nope, just kidding. I'll be in the 2B. And it was like me and all my really good friends. And we ended up kicking butt that year. And we're the only boat that year to win the largest high school regatta. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it was great. So you still had pain with rowing. Yes. Every race, um, I had pain. It was just something that I knew I had to work through. And because I wasn't rowing in college, um, with my main goal being like winning stoats, like races were only like six, six to seven minutes. Mm. And I knew like, even when we would like warm up, um, I would warm up a little bit, but most of the warm up was with the first six girls and then I was bow seat. So I was in the back of the boat, Uh um, and me and my pair, it's called like pairs. Um, we did not do a lot of the warm up because like my team just wanted me to like, kind of like save every ounce of strength I had in my forearms, like for the race. Okay. Yeah. So did physical therapy help? That's a good question. Um, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't do physical therapy. I think, I don't know exactly what helped. Like, like, I don't think the scraping helped. There were no exercises that I was like, this is really helping. Um, cause rowing was so intense but, um, well, it's just so repetitive. Like it's, it's just, just so repetitive. motion over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think the part that helped the most was just being able to know that, um, I didn't need to get surgery and like mm-hmm. talking about the stress I felt with my PT, um, and just having like someone listen to me at 14, mm-hmm. um, was really helpful. So it helped me get through my senior year, which was my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't need to row in college. It's probably like looking back, like I ended up at St. Joseph's University for college and I was able to study abroad and do all these fun things, which I definitely would not have done if I went to mm-hmm. row instead. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not the biggest believer in like everything happens for a reason, but um, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Like looking back. Yeah. What do you wish you could tell yourself, like your 14, 15-year-old self, knowing what you know now? Mm, I definitely wish that I didn't obsess so much over trying to be, like, less than 130. Like, Mm. I mean, high school was hard enough, like, Mm -hmm. and I went to an all-girls private high school, so... Oh, um, jeez. Yeah, so, like, I mean, we didn't have to worry about, like, what what we, like looked like because you know there were no boys or whatever but like we were all very competitive with ourselves and Mm -hmm. grades and you know who's going to the ivy league and it was just like a lot of pressure and i definitely tried to control what i could control by just like working working out as much as i could yeah which i would not recommend to anyone yeah (laughs) what is um it's not approved by me not approved by me yeah (laughs) so it's like physical therapy helped but just in a different way than what you expected and it was more that it it gave you another option and it gave you a way to keep rowing yeah and you didn't have to get surgery correct to do so yeah but did you still have problems like drying your hair straightening your hair and all those things um I did I still like 
like after high school, I decided that like, okay, I need some structure in my workout routine. Like mm-hmm. I definitely still need some structure in my workout routine, but like I, cause I was still having pain, but I was mm-hmm. able to manage it on my own. Okay. Um, and so like now I don't have pain when I, I mean, I don't straighten my hair anymore, but like yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> have pain when I write anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I can work out and like lift things and I don't have pain. Like sometimes on the erg I still can like feel it like I'm like oh my forearms get a little bit tight Mm -hmm. um but like sometimes I'm like is that like knowing what I know now as a physical therapist I'm like is that compartment syndrome or like do I just need to do more things to help strengthen my forearms like maybe I should start doing my like some type of exercises I was doing before like I don't know it it doesn't affect my day-to-day life so I don't really worry about it as much as I was before but if I yeah. got back in a boat it would probably it would probably hurt just because I haven't been training to get back in a boat well yeah like that, yeah <laughs> it would probably hurt for a lot of different reasons <laughs> how did you feel like no exactly knowing what you know now the fact that you were given this like very specific diagnosis it's almost like it was very final and it was like sorry you have this and like you have to deal with it forever because it's almost like when did you have like how long have you had it you know, yeah. it's like, were they describing the symptoms that were, that you were feeling? It's just, yeah. What did you think about that? Yeah. Um, having them give me like, I, and I was also going through this whole process with my mom and I think that like, she wanted to know like, what's wrong with mm. my daughter? Like why is she experiencing this excruciating pain? And like at the time, like I wanted to know like what is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like you said, like knowing what I know now, but everything that goes into pain, like, and the test being inconclusive, them shoving all those needles in my arms, like, there's just so much that goes into our pain experience. Like, did they just want to feel better by giving me a diagnosis? Like, did I really need a diagnosis? Like, because they just kind of told me what I already knew. You have pain in your forearms. We think it's compartment syndrome but we don't really know. So Mm -hmm. um, I think at the time it made me feel better, but like looking back, I was like, well, maybe there was some other things that that could have been addressed. Like they had no idea what my crazy training was like. They they didn't know about the sport of rowing and Mm. how you stay competitive and all that stuff. Yeah, or like they didn't know anything else going on in your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then when you got to college, like how did that translate into, okay, I'm going to pursue a career in physical therapy? Yeah. So I went to St. Joseph's University. Um, my major was interdisciplinary health services. Okay. IHS. Mm -hmm. They did not have exercise science or Mm -hmm. kinesiology. Um, so I was an IHS major and I actually tried out to be a coxswain on the men's crew team. A what? A coxswain. It's that person at the at the start of the boat that just like yells and says like row, row fast. Oh my god, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're that's like go, go. <laughs> that's a that's a position. Um, what do you do for the tryout? Like you just yell. You just yell. Yeah, and you have to. Oh, you do have to steer the boat. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. A little bit more skill than yeah. just like someone yelling. Right. Okay. Um, and like honestly, like my hips didn't fit in the boat, so I was like, this isn't gonna work. And. So, <laughs> But do men do this? Yeah. 
Very small. Very, very small. Well, men. men's hips are usually smaller than women's. Yeah. Oh my god, your hips. My hips didn't fit. And, I, and it was summer, and I was like, when I put pants on, this is just not gonna... Rowing seems like an, a sport that might generate some body image issues. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. Um, so yeah, I didn't, like, I wasn't on any type of sports team, um, but I knew I wanted to get more involved with PT, so I reached out to the sports physical therapist at St. Joe's. His name's Rob. Rob. Shout out to Rob. Heck yes. Um, Rob is great. I worked alongside him throughout all four years of college and just like worked with athletes with him and different sports teams. And then I managed the women's basketball team. So I got to work um, with the trainers there and and learn more about like sports specific training, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I was like, okay, I definitely want to be a physical therapist and I definitely want to work with active people like athletes mm-hmm. um they just like their motivation got me like more motivated and it was just like all very exciting like I loved going to work even on like Saturday mornings just to like hang out with Rob hmm. talk about PT mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so then went to PT school where'd you go I went to High Point University in High Point North Carolina mm-hmm. um it was pretty random at the time when I applied to High Point. Um, it was free to apply on PT Cast. So you're like, might as well yeah, just send like, it. Might as well apply. <laughs> I was like, I either want to stay in Philly or I want to become a California girl. Mm. Um, and then, you know, middle of nowhere, North Carolina. I was like, I'll just apply. It wasn't even an accredited program, so uh, my mom was like, okay. Um, is it now? It is now. Okay, yeah. that's good. Like. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's accredited now. Rachel Heller, our newest PT, graduated <laughs> from a non-accredited university. It's a great the program. Advertising. <laughs> we'll just cut that. We'll cut that out. It was a really great program. No, I learned obviously so much. Um, so it was accredited. It was accredited. Okay, great. Well, I, I interviewed there and loved it. They have this really fancy biomechanics lab, which really drew me in. Like mm. I was like, ooh, lots of research could be done here. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, but when I First went, like, my whole first year, they were not accredited. They were, like, in the process. In the process, yeah. Yeah. Um, The first graduating class, they got accredited, like, a month before they graduated. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But because of COVID, they didn't have, like, a proper graduation. So, technically, I was in the first graduating class. There you go. So, like, actually... Oh, so the class of 2020. Yeah. 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 Your your, your year. I didn't graduate. Oh. (laughs) I mean, I graduated, but it was like a... I don't even think I went to the the Zoom ceremony. Yeah. It's just not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Accreditation is tough, too, because it's like they keep changing the requirements. I don't know how I bet in North Carolina everything is harder. And it's like, oh, you have to make sure you have one of these classes and one of these classes. And you have to make sure you talk about the APTA, like... They make it very specific that you're teaching the things that they want you to teach. Yes. Which is an interesting thought. Yeah. And the, the program, like, you know, even from the year above me to my year, like, things got tweaked and they changed. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, I mean, it's a new program. So the year above me was kind of like the guinea pigs, mm. you know, figuring out, like, what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything was kind of well in its place. With, for my class, and I had a really great experience, um, and I had a rotation, I had a, most of my rotations were in High Point, mm-hmm. um, I had one in Charlotte, and then my long-term one uh, was here in Charleston, mm-hmm. and then I had another one, my Q care was in Edenton, 
North Carolina, which is like middle of nowhere. Yeah, I bet. Um, so my favorite one by far was the one in Charleston. The one in Charleston. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember. And we can talk about this too, but I remember meeting you, and you were like, "Yeah, like I'm on a rotation. Can I come shadow?" And I was like, "Aren't you like? Aren't you on a rotation? Like <laughs> I didn't have any you. time to shadow anyone when I was on rotations." And then you also, and I remember this very specifically, the uh, like the fanny pack that you wear, uh-huh. the crossbody. Yep. You had a crossbody, and you worked at Hustle. Yep. And I was like, this girl is, like, doing the most. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, like, I went to F45 this morning at, like, 5 a.m. Like, you knew one of my patients. You were like, hey. Yep. You know, we just worked out together. And I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I work tomorrow at Hustle. <laughs> what are you <laughs> Before I go to my rotation, I'm just going to, like, sling some smoothies and then go learn and then, yeah. 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 I like to be involved. I uh, know that. I like yes. to get involved. <laughs> you are a busy woman, for sure. <laughs> so that was, how did you find out about Made to Move? Um, I was with one of my friends, Hannah. Um, not me. Not you. Okay. Um, and she had, she was like, have you ever heard of Made to Move? And I was like, no, what's that? Um, so I followed y'all on Instagram and then I sent y'all a message asking if I could come shadow. Mm -hmm. And then like not really knowing still what you guys were about. Yeah. Um, but my friend had told me that you guys treated more of like an active population, which is what Mm -hmm. I was intrigued about. So I had one day off, um, <laughs> I had one day off for my rotation and I was like, this is going to be the day that I go to make to move. Um, so I get here, I got my fanny pack on and, uh, I meet you and, uh, you were like, tell me about your day. You were like, yeah, I have like four or five people today, full hour. You show me around and I was like, well, this is the place looks like. CrossFit gym or something. Not like I'd ever been to a CrossFit gym. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I learned about what Made to Move was. Spent the day with you. That was super fun. Um, and then I went back. That was just four hours here. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to my rotation. And then ever since then, I've just been uh, just badgering Made to Move. Like, hey, remember me? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. it's me. I'm still here. <laughs> that's funny though, because that's how it worked for me too. Like yeah. I was a groupie and I was just like always around and they finally were like, okay, we're, we'll just pay you to be around now. <laughs> yeah. like, you're always around. Like you might as well just bring you on the team. Yeah. Hey, hey, are you hired? Hey, hey I'd love to work for you. Yeah. Every two weeks, follow up email. <laughs> oh my God. That's a lot. I did that with Elliot too. Yeah. And so <laughs> how did you come to meet Elliot and, you know, Prime Performance Rehab? Yes. Uh, Prime Performance Rehab, R.I.P. Um, it actually still exists. It does. It does. It is Prime Performance Rehab doing business as made to move. Yeah. You know? So. I, I do like that. Prime. The shirts, so. <laughs> the shirts. I'll keep wrapping them. Prime will never die. Um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully won't. Like, that is the goal. <laughs> um, what was your question? How did I... Meet Elliot and Meet Prime. Elliot. Like, how did you, you know, come be introduced to them? Yes. Okay. So... Memory lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving back from my rotation in Edenton, North Carolina, my mm-hmm. QK rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't my fave, but that's okay. Um, and I listened to the Healthy Charleston podcast like every day. I had an hour commute. So I just went down you the had line. an hour? Yeah. There and back. An hour. Um, plenty of time for an episode. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was February. Um, you had Joey Welling on the podcast. Who's that? Uh, Joey Welling. He's like, owns this new gym that just opened. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
And he was talking about Ethos Athletic Club, mm-hmm. and it was funny, you know, at the time, he was like, it's going to open in April. You know, it's okay, we don't got to talk about that. Um, <laughs> we're open now, we're open now. We're, <laughs> we're open, open now. Um, and it sounds like a really cool place. Like, when I was in Charleston previously for a rotation, it wasn't there yet. So I was like, whoa, new gym, that sounds cool. And then he mentioned that this gym would have physical therapy. And I was like, whoa, that sounds super cool. So I listened to the whole episode, and then I reached out to Joey, like, immediately, like, you know, went on the website, got his email, sent him an email asking him about PT, and that, like, I would, like, soon be a PT, like, I'm still in school, but... Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he put me in contact with Elliot, who sent me a very polite email that um, Prime Performance Rehab was not hiring at the time, but he would love to stay in contact and be, like, a resource to me in any capacity that he could, if I wanted to learn more about cash-based PT, all that stuff, um, which I was, like, super happy about, because I was like, that's definitely not a no, that's a maybe. So (laughs) So there's a chance. So there's a chance. So I, like, kind of just kept in touch with Elliot, um, and would email him, like, periodically, just updating him on, um, my rotation, my status with studying for boards, mm-hmm. when I was taking them, when I was moving to Charleston. <laughs> Let me just tell this man every action that I'm doing. Yeah, I never... Play by play. Yeah. I had never met him. Uh, I, did, I didn't even know what he looked like. Um, and then, not that that matters, but... <laughs> but, like, you didn't follow his social media or anything? Well, I, I followed Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I guess I did. All, the, all his videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then I think you had him on the podcast. I know. It was the week after. Okay. Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, they're dating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How funny is that? It's a small world. Both these people that I'm currently badgering to hire me. <laughs> One of them's got to hire me. One of them's right? got to say yes. Um, okay, so then I'm, I'm back in Philly studying for the boards. Elliot text me wanting to like chat on the phone um and I was like cool thinking that like we're just gonna chat on the phone Mm -hmm. he wants to like learn more about me we chat for like an hour and a half Mm -hmm. um he's a talker oh y'all are both talkers (laughs) when it comes to this stuff for sure we love to talk Mm -hmm. so we chatted for a while um and then we hung up and I was like was that an interview like or what what was that like not really sure what that was um and then I moved to Charleston for work. I got a job down here working at um, an insurance-based clinic. And I went to a Murph workout. And that's where I finally met Elliot. Um, and I was like, where's Hannah? And he was like, she's not here. We had just done a CrossFit competition. Uh, well, like, with Jackson. Yeah. The day before. And I was like, Elliot, I am not doing Murph tomorrow. Oh, wow. And then he went and did Murph. And so did Jackson. I was like, y'all are crazy. Well, I was like, I was like... Looking for Hannah. Like, where's Hannah? Oh, also, my best other best friend, uh, Rachel, was getting engaged that day. And so I had to, like, mm. run around and get things ready. And then we had to go to Esto and surprise her. So, I was busy. Yeah. That sounds more important than, than, Murph. than Murph. Yeah. Than Murph um, many times. Yeah. So, that's how I met Elliot. Um, and then I was working. I was, like, three weeks into my job. And then I messaged Elliot. And I was, like... Hey, do you want to get coffee or, like, something and meet up and talk about stuff? Like, I think I was... I I had been feeling a little overwhelmed in my job, and Mm -hmm. I think I just wanted to, like, talk to someone who would 
like understand yeah and, and get it like reassure you and help you yeah yeah was this this was three weeks in yeah oof it was three weeks in what do you why do you feel like you were overwhelmed um because the place that I was at is where I had one of my rotations so oh, okay yeah yeah. So because I'd been there before, oh, no. they kind of cut my onboarding short because they were like, you've been here, you know what to do. Um, and so like very quickly, I had a pretty full schedule. They were like, we trained you for free. Yeah. For three months. Oh, um, no. Yeah. But like being a student and having a CI like overlook what you're doing and having them sign off on your notes is just different than when like your name is on it like I looked over yeah like I was like if something happens like I'm responsible I'm liable so I looked over like every note like seven times like make made sure all my codes were right and it was just very very thorough um and it was just not sustainable um like I was like taking home tons Mm -hmm. of notes writing them until like nine ten o'clock oh my gosh and then waking up the next day and like doing it all over again and I was just like I was honestly feeling like already burnt out from doing this for a month and I and I was like I I just gotta give it time like I'm new at this it's all new um it'll get better it'll get easier um I'm gonna keep going uh, but I still want to talk to Elliot <laughs> yeah and so I, I met with Elliot we didn't get coffee. Uh, we got we, Chipotle. We got Chipotle. I remember this. But we also went to um, Ironbridge before that and yeah. did like a, like, what? It, it was a workout. It was going to be a workout. And then he just kind of taught me some like CrossFit stuff. Yeah. I had like never picked up a barbell, basically. Wow. Yeah. Look that was you. the first time I picked up a barbell. Hey. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Chipotle and talked. And then um, he was just like, Yeah. Let's stay in touch. Keep me updated with things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. And that's where it started. And then here we are. <laughs> and, now we're here. and then here we are. So, did you ever feel burnt out on your rotations? Um, I never felt burnt out. I just... Okay, maybe I maybe I did feel burnt out, but I was like, it's just because I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, I was you're like, like there's no way I'm burnt out. Yeah, right? I was like, once I get paid for this, I'll feel better. It's just because I'm not getting paid. But mm. then I got paid for it, and I was like, wait, I, I still feel this way. Wait, it's actually worse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually worse. It's now. actually worse. So why do you feel like, like, you you got a job, amazing, like, you graduated, immediately got a job, like, it's huge. You moved me to Charleston, great. But it wasn't what you wanted. Like, it wasn't what you thought you wanted. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you feel like that wasn't it? The main reason was because I really wanted to spend more time with my patients, And I had a patient, like, every half hour, some people would come at the wrong time or come early. And, like, most of the time, it was just like, yeah, go ahead back. Mm. Um, So I I was seeing, like, two to three, sometimes four people at one time. Um, And I just felt like they deserved all of my attention. And I couldn't give that to them. And it made me feel like I wasn't giving them the quality of care that they deserved. And I just wanted more time with them. Like some of the best days I had at my previous job was when was when people would, would cancel and then I did have a full hour with someone. Mm-hmm. And and it, I like I felt like the session went great. My patient felt like the session went great. Um, I had more time to talk to them about about their life. Um, not just their pain, but like other things going on. Um, 
And I felt like that was the main, the main thing that I wanted to change. Like I just wanted, I just wanted more time with my, with my patients. Yeah. What do you think physical therapy is? Mm, well, what is it to you? I think it is like, well, if you asked me this before PT school, I don't know what I would say. Post PT school, like, I mean, with all the things that we get the opportunity to talk to people about in their sessions, like their sleep quality, their nutrition, their stress, how they manage their stress. Like, you know, it's, it's not just about like their previous, you know, previous injury or their past medical history, but like everything in their life that's going on where like, I'm a physical therapist. Um, but like I tell people like, I'm also like your stress manager. Like I want to kind of help balance these things out in your life where you have a hard time controlling, like, let me help you do that. Let me help be your guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like a therapist a lot of times, mm-hmm. like, um, if people are having like a day, then like sometimes we just sit and we'll talk about it and, and they, they, they will leave maybe not even having like done exercise, but they'll feel a lot better. Um, and like, I want to meet people where they're at and like this is their session and their time and if that's what they want to do then that's what I want to do like for them and give them the permission that like it's okay if we do this because this is actually what you need right now yeah it's always those sessions where at the end of it they're like thank you this was actually very valuable like this was very helpful yeah because they're like hey I know we didn't like we might not have done what you had planned today but they were like this is what I needed this was so much better than like what I thought we were going to do or something like that. And just like giving them the space to not even like direct the session, but like that is what's happening. Like we're going to let you like, yeah, we have a plan, but like it's ultimately going to depend on how you're doing and how you're responding and what's going on. Yeah. And so like us not being the authority figure of like, we are doing this. Sorry about that. We have to get these things done. But really, I think that's where like the teamwork approach comes in. Right. Like, what's going on? How can I help you? How can we go through this? And how can I guide you in this together? Yeah. And when you, you know, have four other people, three other people around, like that you're trying to help, you just can't, like, you just can't do that. Yeah. And like having the, like almost like taking away the expectation mm. of like, we need to do these things. Like, with my my previous job, like, I needed to do certain things with patients to, like, bill for certain codes or, like, to make sure that the clinic, you know, made money. Mm-hmm. And I felt pressure to do that when I might have someone come in um, and they're feeling, like, really sore um, and maybe, like, having an emotional day and, like, I wanted to talk with them, but, like, I just didn't have the time or space to do that, so... There's no code for that. There's no code for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're only allowed to talk if you're on the bike. Right. The the arm bike. The arm bike. The arm bike. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like a lot of, a lot of the things you do in those types of practices, like they're not bad in of themselves. They're just not it. Like they're just not all that's there and they're not, they're not the thing that you should be using like every single time forever. Like I think people kind of put PT in a box and they're like, yeah, like I got to go get physical therapy. Or, like I got to go to PT. And they, I think people, it's just like when I go to the dentist, like I am getting a teeth cleaning and then hopefully I don't have any cavities. But like if I do, like I will get that cavity filled. And I mean, obviously it is personalized, but it's, 
you go and you expect something. And yeah. I think people go to physical therapy and they expect something. You, they expect if they go to this PT and their mom goes to that PT, they're getting the same thing. They're both going to leave with a therapist because That's it's, what it's just physical therapy. Like, yeah. oh, I got to I got to do I got to do physical therapy to my knee. And when you say that, like you expect it to be like, oh, well, you if you have this pain, you must do this. If you struggle with this, you must do that. And it's almost like this flow sheet. I mean, they legit have those. Right. Like at those types of clinics of like, if this person complains of this flow, you give them this. Like, which is fine as a guide, maybe, but it's just not individualized. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where I was going with this. Oh, geez. That was my stool. Yeah. Like, we would have, um, I'm, like, multiple clinics. I, I think it's just for time, like, purposes that they would just, they, they didn't have another option. Like, have, like, pre-printed exercise mm-hmm. sheets and labeled, like, knee, oh, hip, man. ankle. And it was yeah. just, like, give this to this person because his ankle hurts. Because he I, has a knee. Right. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. Yeah. Like, like, is that really the service that we're providing? Yeah. They can do that online. You yeah. know? It's like with the arm bike. Like, the arm bike is not a bad thing. It's just that you... It's only for a certain amount of time. Like, it's very dependent on the context. And a lot of the things in PT, they aren't updated. They don't change. They're not progress. They're just like, this is what you do. This is what you start with. And then for some reason, that's also the same thing that you end with. But, like, that doesn't fill the gap. Like, that doesn't get you from zero to 100. It's just, like, doing the same thing every single time. So, I think when when we talk about, like, the insurance model, it's not that the whole model is wrong. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, I know, obviously, amazing PTs that work in that model. It's just that in any case, like, sometimes, most of the time, like, things need to change. Things need to be progressed. And the arm bike might be good for you today. Mm-hmm. Are we just doing it so that I can have a reason to talk to you about the rest of your life? And is it going to be good for you in three months? Yeah. Probably not. You know? Yeah. That dang arm bike. The dang arm bike. <laughs> what is it called? There's definitely like another name for it. Um, I, I just used to write like UBE. Upper body ergometer. Yeah. That's what it that's was. That's it. Yes. We haven't gotten to talk about yoga yet. And, like, I know that's a big part of who you are and your journey. Let's talk about yoga. Let's talk about yoga. Like, how'd you find yoga? What even is yoga? For those of our listeners <laughs> who don't know what yoga is, what's your philosophy of yoga? Tell me everything. All right. Um, when I first got involved with yoga, I went to hot yoga. Um, and I feel like, you know, like, why do people start exercising or going to yoga like it's because like something happened in their life and they need a change so, so like something happened in my life and I need, needed a change so I was like I'm gonna start doing yoga I went to yoga I was like I like this an hour of like um at the time it was like kind of strenuous because I was in a hot mm-hmm. room like stretching my body in ways that had never been stretched before um <laughs> but I kept going for some reason and then after that, I started to get a better hold of, like, my own yoga practice and what I wanted that to look like. And so there's different types of yoga. Um, really, yoga for me is, like, I, I don't go to yoga because I want to work out. Like, some, some people do that, which is fine. Um, I think, like, yoga is best, like, served when, like, people go there because they want to relax and decompress and breathe and just take a minute to like slow down because like life these days is like go 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 
Um, so if I wanted to do a workout, I would probably do a workout and not go to yoga. But if I want to go to yoga, I, I expect to move slowly um, and just relax and breathe. And maybe that's child's pose the whole time. Like, great. If that's what we need, like, that's what we need. Like, when I got my yoga certification to teach, it was really just because I wanted to learn more about the practice, the history what the poses meant. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, what is Warrior Three? Like, maybe if I do the... Shukra Bhattakonasana. Shukra Bhattakonasana. Oh, yeah. yes. I always say Chupacabra Kanasana. <laughs> yeah, like, like what, what do these words mean? Like, what's the history of it? Um, so during COVID last year, I got my certification at Wildlight Wellness Collective in Winston-Salem, mm. North Carolina. And um, about halfway through, I was kind of like, I think I like teaching. I think I like sharing this with other people and making it more accessible to people. Like, Mm. like kind of, I, I I enjoyed learning why some people do it and why some people don't do it. Kind of like physical therapy. Like, like what's your definition of physical therapy? Why do you feel that way about it? And I wanted to know that for yoga. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated, um, I, no studios were hiring because of COVID. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and Right after I graduated, I moved to Charleston from that rotation. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching at... I worked at Hustle. Uh, and mm-hmm. I also taught yoga at Munkle mm-hmm. um, once a week. Just a way for like me to meet people and kind of continue the momentum of my practice. And mm-hmm. uh, like keep everything fresh in my mind of what I learned. And so it's kind of like evolved from there. And I've developed my own style of of yoga and there's also some things that I learned in my training that I enjoy teaching some of my patients and clients like you know meditation like breathing techniques ways to just like down regulate and and chill out the system um which have been like very helpful I think for them and for me um so that's where it started and now I'm finally teaching at a studio which is exciting I teach at Ethos on Thursdays hey there you go hey um, and so, yeah, I love yoga. There you go. <laughs> Circle back. Circle I love back. yoga. I love yoga. <laughs> I like that you said, and you, you kind of, you realized it too, like the similarities between how you felt about yoga and like how we feel about PT is that you just, you, you wanted it to be more accessible and you wanted to lower the barriers and you, you loved it. It helped you like thinking of movement and yoga. And so you wanted to share that with other people. Yeah. And like, Hearing you say that, oh, I actually liked teaching. I'm like, well, duh, you like teaching. <laughs> like, I can see that immediately. Like, yeah. And that's honestly, like, what physical therapy is. I remember, like, everyone was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, and at first I wanted to be a lion. And then I wanted oh. to be a chef. And then I wanted to be an actress. Um, in some ways, all of those did come true. A lion. Or was a lion for Halloween. Okay. So. I wanted to be a hip-hop dancer. Well, like, there you go. Like, it, it probably came true. But I was always like, but I never want to be a teacher. I mm. don't want to be a teacher. And now I'm like, every time I use that whiteboard, I'm like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Like, it has happened. Yeah. But I love it. Like, when you love something and you you know how helpful it can be for people, like, you love sharing it. And you love showing it and teaching it to other people. Yeah. And educating people, right? That's what it was. It was, like, it was sharing it. And also giving... Like, just like we give people permission to move, it was, like, me giving people permission to, like, move on your mat, like, however you want 
to move. Like, Mm -hmm. don't compare yourself to your neighbor. Like, this is your practice. Like, you showed up for yourself. So, like, like, if I'm saying something that's not feeling good in your body or not, like, resonating with you, like, don't do it. Do something else. Like, take a different um, modification. Like, like, I like to start with an easier pose, and then I'll say, like, if you want more, mm-hmm. we could do this. Instead of starting at the harder one and then saying... If you want less. If you want to modify you to make it easier. Right. If, you, if, it, if this is too challenging, because then it makes people think, like, ugh, like, I have to modify. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, oh, maybe I'll try more. And then they can do it. And they're like, look at me. This mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. I think that's also, like, one thing that we're all very passionate about is, like, we're not fixing people. We're teaching people. We're empowering people. We're giving people permission. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, like obviously yoga and PT go hand in hand for you. Like it sounds like they're very similar. Yeah. For sure. um, can you tell me like, and this is a big question. What would it be like to be your patient? Mm. Um, well, like specifically at ethos, like, like, yeah, like walk me through it. All right. You come in the glorious doors of ethos <laughs> and you're greeted by the smiling front desk and if I'm not in the cafe ordering a poke bowl, then I'll be in my office <laughs> and they'll walk you back and I'll greet you and I'll say, welcome to Ethos and Made to Move. And then we'll sit down and we chat for a very long time. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like have realized to myself that I just love, especially day one, getting to know who you are, what you do, what's going on in your life, like... Sleeping, eating, nutrition-wise, stress management, even, like, when... Because people come in and they just want to sit down and talk about, like, their pain. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's back up. Tell me about you. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what do, you do? What do you like? Um, and then they'll talk to me about their pain, and then, and then I'll say, like, well, like, what was going on in your life at that time? Because if it's not something that's a traumatic event, it's usually something in their life that's really stressful that they didn't realize was like had some type of connection to their pain and even so that leads me into talking about like stress we love talking about stress Mm -hmm. um so then yeah we'll talk for a very long time um and then we'll go into the gym move around a little bit um and then set up just like a really good game plan of like where you are now um and then I try to map out like, where you want to be, we'll see, like, how close you are to your goals, what we need to do to reach them, and then, like, how to get, how um, together, like, we can get from point A to point B, like, what that path looks like, um, and then just kind of being, like, on their team and in their corner being, like, you don't have to do this alone, like, you have someone to help guide you, so, like, I, I want to know what's going on, like, I give them my personal email, I like updates, I like mm-hmm. to stay involved. Love an update. Yeah. I, I like small victories. Like, we, oh my God. We yes. celebrate small victories. Like, I like, I'm like, I want you to tell me. I'm like, please keep me updated. And they're like, oh. I'm like, no, actually, like, I'm mad that you didn't. Yeah. Me. I'm like, what? <laughs> you, Communicate you ran with me. four miles. Why didn't you tell me? Like, I would have sent you, like, a happy gift or something. <laughs> like, like, go, you go, girl. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, like, how involved we can be um, is what makes. I mean, what makes my job great, like, what makes Made to Move awesome is that, like, we we have the time to know all those things, and they really are so important. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, like, you don't need to know that. I'm like, no. 
actually in order to help you, I do need to know more about you. Yeah. And that's what like is harder to convey is because people have this thought that physical therapy is cookie cutter. That it's if I have knee pain, like can you just give me some exercises? I'm like, yeah. No, because the things that we give you to work on, the coaching that we give you, the way that we talk to you, the the questions that we ask you, the way that we cue you, the way that we don't cue you, it's all dependent on you. Like yeah. it's so individualized of just like even the word like even the words we say, mm-hmm. you know, is like a, semantics. Yes, like adjusting our communication style. Like this person might might respond really well to like telling them the most efficient way to do this movement. Whereas like I have one patient and if I give her more than one cue or more direction, she overthinks it. She can't do it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just like, hey, do this movement. And she goes and does it. Yeah. And, like, I had to learn that about her. And I had to learn, like, how much fear she was in and how the beliefs she thought about her body. And, like, that just doesn't happen if all you say is, hey, I have knee pain. It hurts yeah. my squat. And, like, if we can convey that message of we can't just give you some exercises. Like, we will give you homework. But, like sit down, take me to dinner first, you know, like yeah. sit down with me, like let me meet you so I can actually give you something that will get you a re- the result that you want. Yeah. I think my, my favorite thing about working with people is like getting to know their goals and usually they'll say something kind of like, you know, I want to get back to this or like, I want to be pain free and then like really diving deep into like, you know, like if you could get back to this, like if you were in no pain, like, what would you want to do? Okay, like, why is that important to you? And then from there, like, like once they start to hit those goals, then they're like, well, and now I kind of want to do this. And so, like, I like to challenge them into thinking of, like, at least three to four goals. Like, I'll keep asking, like, and what else? And what else? And they'll be like, well, it would be really great if I could do this or this. And then, like, it just helps them see, like, how much potential that they have, especially once they start feeling better, then they're like, okay, I know I said I wanted to do a 5k, but like, is a 5k? That's three miles? Yes. Yeah. Good job. But then, <laughs> but then they're like, but what if I could run like the bridge run in April? Oh, and I'm like, that yeah. let's like, let's make that your goal, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the fact that we can just tailor everything. So like, like you said, so individually to the person and that we don't, have the restrictions of insurance telling us what we can and can't do just gives us so much more free reign to Mm -hmm. do what the patient wants to do yeah it's crazy the doors that like are opened when they realize I don't have to do it this certain way or like it doesn't have to look the way that I thought it had to look I'm not restricted by blank yeah and I can do this and then they're like oh wait like I've never thought about it like that before like now I actually get to do all these things that I just thought like weren't even an option for me. Yeah, especially when people get told something like, "Oh, yeah. do we want to go down this hole?" Like when people get told something like, um, "Don't like you should never lift heavy again." I have a I had a patient and her goal was to be out of pain and to just be able to work out again. But she she wanted to get stronger, but she was told she wasn't able to mm-hmm. lift heavy again. And then um, like last week. She deadlifted like three reps at 185. Heck. So, and and I was like, that's heavyweight. And she was like, that's heavyweight. It's also like, how do we quantify heavy? Because like 12 pounds is probably heavy for my grandmother, but like it's not heavy for us. So when a doctor, whatever, someone 
says you should never lift heavy again. When the fitness Instagram guru is like, you shouldn't lift heavy. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, like, what does that mean? Yeah, and it's just, like, what? Because some people might take that as, like, don't lift anything over 20 pounds ever again. And then it's like, well, who's going to carry your groceries for you? Like, mm. yeah, it's not going to be you. It just, like, takes all your freedom away. Yeah. Of, like, and then, oh, God, yeah, I mean, we go on for days of just, like, the way that we, like, you remember, you, it sounds like you remember very specifically your experience when they diagnosed you with compartment syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Like, we remember the negatives we remember when people tell us no or when people tell us you can't way more and way easier than we remember the positives. Yeah. So it's almost like we need way more positives to outshine the negatives because even though like that patient I was referring to, she's so sweet. She's deadlifting for the first time. She's during Halloween, all she had was pumpkins. So she lifted her pumpkins. She's squatting. She's working out. She's riding her bike. She's doing yoga. But a few years ago, and, like, for most of her life, like, she hasn't done anything because someone told her if she did this, she'd hurt her back. If she did this, her neck would hurt. And so she's just lived like that. Yeah. And, like, it's very hard. Like, she will still be in a lot of fear, even in probably, like, a year. Like, she knows now. Like, but she's going to still have to, like, remind herself, oh, I can do these things. I'm doing these things. It's, like, we are so quick to tell ourselves no and that we can't, and that we shouldn't, and that it's bad for you. And that's like when I see and hear of people saying those things, like I get so frustrated. Because it's hard to unlearn. Oh my, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to unlearn those things. Like it's, have you ever had someone who when you told them, you're like, you can do that. Or like, that's okay. You're like, we can do that. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, but isn't that bad for me? And it's like, oof. Like, where, and then it's like. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Like, where did that even come from? And it, it's. It's almost not even worth chasing the the root because they've just had that belief for so long. Or like, like, and I, I mean, I love social media, but there's just so much, so much freedom to put information out there that there's so much misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, the messages that we're trying to put out there to just get people to not be afraid to move so that they don't get stuck in that pattern of like, this is gonna hurt me because I'm fragile because of Mm -hmm. xyz or like wherever those beliefs came from like Mm -hmm. yeah we do a lot of unlearning where I'm like yeah let's unlearn this and let's peel back the layers peel back the layers build a better foundation you build it back up yeah keep it there and keep it that way (laughs) yeah social media exactly like it can be such a great tool and then it could also like really confuse someone because there's just a lot of like, I can, exactly, I can put whatever I want. So I can put, and I usually do, all my biases, like, all my yeah. opinions, all my beliefs, but, like, why does that apply to this person or that person? Like, everything needs to be taken in context. So it's, like, a great tool that you can go look up, like, how do I do this exercise or what should I do for this? But it, none of it is individualized. Right. None and because is nothing is black and white. Like, everything is so gray where, like, if you mm-hmm. make a statement, there's almost always an exception. So oh, it's like, always. Yeah. Yes. So it's almost like, is it... You just have to pick and choose your battles of, like, what you want to put out there. and You almost have to put a little, like, disclaimer at the bottom, like... We understand there's nuance. Yeah, yeah. We understand this could be helpful for some people in this way. It's just the arm bike. Like, we can't... At this point, like... We understand, like, me and you, like, the difference between 
like there's not a good food and there's not a bad food. Mm-hmm. Like we understand that everything has its role. And like I had um, Kayla Fitzgerald, she's a registered dietitian on the podcast. And we talked about that a lot. And like, I loved it. Cause it's like, how can food serve you yeah. for your goals? So like Thanksgiving's coming up. My goal is to feel really full and take a nap. Mm. And that's very different than like how I'd want to feel most days or before I work out. And like True. that pie that I'm going to eat is not bad. It's just, it's going to serve me in a different way than the broccoli that I'm going to eat. And like kind of letting, like giving, taking the, the, I don't even know how to say it. Like not giving food that power. Right. It's, it's just like the arm bike. Like the arm bike didn't grow up to be bad. Like the arm bike wasn't the Grinch. The arm bike's not the devil. Yes, it or like, is. Just kidding, just kidding. Or like, ra- like the rounding your back. Like what a rounding your back if it oh, you. Yeah. You know, like knees over your toes. Like those things aren't just like forbidden fruits that just decided like we're going to be so bad. Like we're going to be bad for you. It's just dependent on the context and the person and the goal. And that's why I think our jobs are hard because yeah. how do I do this? in the most efficient way, this form. It's like, well, like there actually is maybe a more efficient way, but definitely a more efficient way to snatch. But what's the goal of this movement? Mm -hmm. You know, like why are we doing it this way versus that way? And like, why am I telling you to keep your shin vertical here versus why am I telling you to have your knee over your toe here? And there's just a lot of different reasons. And if you don't know the person and all you know is that they have knee pain, like you just, you can't, you, I don't think you can treat them. Yeah. Cause you don't know, how they learn and like especially like with being a healthcare provider like people will hold on to your words and take them mm-hmm. so look like they will just hold on to it like no matter what you say and and there's definitely things that I've said where I'll be like actually hold on let me mm-hmm. rephrase that because I didn't like the way that came out mm-hmm. and I don't want you to interpret that in a way that might prevent you from wanting to do yeah. Like lift something, for example, in the future. Yeah. It's, it is really like empowering, but also kind of terrifying how much our words matter because it means that we, like we take that to heart and because we know based on our experiences with working with people, like how much words have hurt them or hurts have, or hurts, hurts. <laughs> words have, it's always time to lunch. words have empowered them that I feel like sometimes we get a little scared. Yeah. Cause we're like oh man, like I don't want to hold you back. I don't want, like, I don't want to be the person that in 10 years, like you remember me saying this and you got a negative result from it. That it's also like, we have this, uh, there's gotta be like a movie reference in, in, in there somewhere. Like we have this very powerful tool. We've like been armed with this and like, we need to make sure we know how to use it. Mm-hmm. It's just like a gun, you know, like we, we need to be very careful with how we use our words. Yeah. And I think, like, we you, you have to learn that. Like, you have to learn it from research and from newsletters and, like, from podcasts and from all these other sources that, like, I wish in PT school we learned more how much. We did learn, but I, I wish we would have, like, dived. Dived? Dove? Dove. Definitely not dove. Dove? Doven? Dived? Diving. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we would have talked more about it. And I wish we would have talked more the, about the way people, different people learn. Yeah. And like communication and a lot of those things. Not because all the other stuff wasn't important, but just because I think that because we have so much time with people, now all those things like matter and we can utilize them way more than like maybe in another model. 
Yeah. I feel like I just, like, ranted for so long. Well, maybe, maybe people didn't know how much they mattered because they were seeing so many people at once. And now people who do get to spend more time, it's like, whoa, with you, I can say this because this is how you learn. But with your patient, like, I need to give you one cue. We're going to focus on that and then, like, move on to something else. And I need to be more careful with the words I use. Even people who, like, maybe if someone who is more... Like, people who are, who are anxious, like, you got to be mm-hmm. careful with words that you choose around people who, like, suffer from anxiety because, like, they're going to think about it more and and then it's just going to kind of, they're going to fall in this cycle of, like, if I do this, then this is going to happen and then what if I get hurt? And, like, mm-hmm. the worry and fear around movement, we, we just, we tackle it all the time and mm-hmm. just like you said that's that's why words are so important and that's why the time we spend with people is mm-hmm. so like valuable yeah like if pain is one thing the worry and the fear because of a previous pain or because you think you might have a future pain like that's really a huge part of what we work on yeah what do you wish more people knew about physical therapy let's make it broad hmm Um, I wish people knew that, like, direct pay physical therapy is an option. Like, Mm. I didn't know about it, uh, in PT school. We had one, I think, like, one lecture on it, um, and it was pretty broad, and it was kind of more focused on, like, the business side, and I was like, I don't want anything to do with business, so I was like, I just kind of, like blank that out of my mind. I was like, yeah. this is not like, let's tune out because I never want to own a business. I, this is definitely not for me. <laughs> I don't need to listen. I don't need to listen to this. Um, so I always thought that insurance was like the only way to go. Hmm. And then like having done that for like, I mean, I was already calling Elliot at three weeks in. So it was like, I went to school for seven years hmm. for this like all oh, I wanted man. to do was help people and now I'm like what I'm have I done writing notes until 9 p.m yeah yeah like it's not it's yes it's a very much so about the quality of the care we can provide for our patients but it's also like our quality of life too yeah and like if we're not having a quality of life like I'm not going to be a great PT because I'm burnt out I'm stressed all I'm thinking about is how I got to babysit all these three people so that you can do these exercises and then I'm going to go home and I have to type about it and then I have to wake up the next day and do like, it again you don't want to interact with me in that way no it was like my cup was always empty and Aww. and I had to like and I had to keep giving because I wanted yeah. to keep giving but it just got to a point where I was like I cannot yeah I, I cannot I cannot I think that's why so many PTs like we just get burned out it's a very easy career any any like healthcare career honestly like doctors um, personal trainers, mm. any career where you are, are interacting with a lot of people and you don't feel like you're able to serve them the way that you wanted to. Yeah. I think that you're going to, there's going to be some like cognitive dissonance there and like you're going to not feel fulfilled. Yeah. You're going to get burned out. And unfortunately, like a lot of our system works in that way. And like if you, if all of our PTs, like if that PT school class didn't even know about direct pay PT, like, how do we expect patients to know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like it starts with just like, hey, like you, like like Cheryl, you you were like, what are my options? You didn't even know. Yeah. So like just showing people that there are options, like you get to decide what we're doing, 
you get to decide where you're going, where you're getting your care. Yeah. It just gives people the option to, like, take, like, take control mm-hmm. of your health. Like, own your health, right? Like, me to move. Own your health. Own your health. Yeah. Like, I, lo- I love that we said that because it's so true. Um, and giving people that option. Yeah. Allows them to do that. Yeah. And, like, the knowledge and education so that they can do it. Yeah. And they're not ruled by, like, well, this article said that and this article said that. Like, let's, like, help you sift through all that and figure out, like, what actually you need to do. Yeah. What do you wish, or maybe not what you, what do you wish, but what do you feel like a lot of people don't know about you? Hmm. Um, well, <laughs> um, I feel like there's probably so many things. Because, I, I, I mean, I moved here in May, so, like, I feel like... I kind of got my bangs a little bit in Charleston. Um, a lot of people don't know that I have a twin sister. Ah, yes, there we go. Many people don't know that. Um, I have a really good three-pointer, like, jump shot. Like, I ball so hard. Oh, my gosh, that's but, amazing. Yeah, I'm really good at basketball. I didn't know that either. Um, what else? Um... I've been skydiving. I love traveling. Okay. Um, oh, there's so many things. If I could live anywhere, I would live in Copenhagen, Denmark. Great. I love, <laughs> I love, I love Denmark. It's just so great. Um, and I know that you said this was embarrassing, but uh, when I, when I do cardio or like listen to music, I choreograph dances in my head. And they're really good. And I wish that I could dance to them, but I just can't. So I... I live that, like, hip-hop career in my mind. There you go. Can yeah. you, do you have someone you could teach those dances to, and then you can, like, see it in action and see your vision come to life? Well, th- sometimes there's, like, backflips involved that I can't okay. do. So we need someone very skilled. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to be <laughs> um, our hip-hop dancer and you also know how to tumble, please reach out. We are desperate. Reach out to me. It would make my day. <laughs> how can our listeners find you? Um, find me at Ethos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my address is. <laughs> no, no, not actually that. No, you don't want to come over. I don't have any furniture, so. We're but. working on it. <laughs> um, you can follow me on the Instagram. The Instagram. Um, I am at the Balanced Rach on Instagram. That's that's where I'm most active. Yeah, Let's say Instagram. You can find oh. you in many. Great videos on the Made to Move Instagram. Oh yeah, yes. But then also have, you have your own great videos on yours. I do. I do love the social media. Love the social media. Yeah, you're really good at it too. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Very excited to have you on the team, Rachel. Yay. You're crushing it. Really, Me too. really happy. <laughs> everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.